1: Welcome to the Seth Liebson Show. This is not Seth Liebson. It is an interloper. I have seized the studio. Um, My name is John Gabriel, and I haven't guest hosted in a while here. I think all that uh, COVID stuff has uh, put a damper on my dominance of local media. But uh, great to be back here. Thanks to Seth for giving me the opportunity. Give you a little CV on my background. Um, Lived in the Valley since I was six, other than four years in the Navy when I was uh, basically I defeated the Russian, the Soviet Empire. So you're welcome, everyone. Um, Only in for four years, but really, that's all. That's all it took me. But I write a column every other week for the Arizona Republic. I am their token housebroken conservative that they have on. And I'm also editor-in-chief of ricochet.com, a wonderful site I ask you all to visit, uh, featuring featuring members' posts from all over the place, a lot of podcasts as well, including mine, which is called The King of Stuff Podcast. Uh, I did not want a humble title I needed to show, uh, once again, my dominance of that medium as well. But it's been a chaotic, crazy week, which we've all grown very accustomed to. It has been yet another week. Uh, we, we seem to have these every week uh, now for at least five years because the media freaks out anytime, time, I don't know, Trump uses the wrong salad fork at a state dinner or something like that. We all have to freak out. Um, The press, though, they are not going easy on Joe Biden. Let me tell you, Um, you should have seen the stars in Jake Tapper's eyes when he was interviewing Biden. I believe it was yesterday. Just, you know, little heart emojis floating over his head. And how tough is it going to be for you to restore dignity and democracy after these horrible four years? Uh, That was the tone of the entire thing. It reminds those of us who are around in 2008 – When the first question asked at a press conference – this was from The New York Times – where they interviewed Barack Obama and asked him, what most enchants you about being president? So, yeah, we're going to have four more years of this, folks. But there was major news. It was basically the death of the republic when uh, Trump got COVID and before the week was up, he beat it and had cool videos and was pumping his fist. But uh, Joe Biden broke his foot, and a couple days after this happened, they had an interesting explanation, and uh, I don't know, everybody I know thought it was fishy. Uh, no insult intended to uh, Mr. Biden, but it's a little bit difficult to believe that he broke his foot tripping on a rug after a shower when he was uh, naked as a jaybird, chasing one of his dogs around, trying to grab its tail. Um He keeps adding more details to this. I know very well. I was a very, very poor at it, but a deeply committed liar when my mom would be mad at me and she would try to get me in trouble for something because I was kind of a jerk, youngest kid, class clown type. And I'd always come up with uh, elaborate excuses. And the more elaborate they became, the more my mom knew that I was making something up. So uh, let's see if this makes any sense. Here's what Biden says. It was quoted in the New York Post this morning. What happened was I got out of the shower. I got a dog and anyone who's been around my house knows dropped. I don't know what he's saying here. He's just, this is Biden. Okay. Direct quotes are a little challenging with him. Little pup dropped a ball in front of me and for me to grab the ball. And I'm walking through this little alleyway. Okay. My house doesn't have an alleyway. Maybe he means the hallway to get to the bedroom. And I grabbed the ball like this and he ran and I'm joking, running after him and grab his tail. Um, I've never grabbed the tail of a dog. Um, Maybe after he uh, soiled himself on the carpet and I'm trying to uh, prove that I'm the alpha and he's in big trouble. But you don't grab dog's tails. He's supposed to be a big dog lover. The quote continues, and I'm joking, running after him. Grab his tail, he's adding that again. And what happened was that the dog slid on a throw rug, and I tripped on the rug he slid on. That's what happened. Um, No, that's not what happened. Um, Joe Biden, to anybody who is uh, keeping up with the news for the past decade, he's an elderly gentleman, and I will be there myself uh, before I know it. Uh, This is not intended at a criticism of him, but he just turned 78 um, he's only about four years older than Donald Trump, but he seems about 30 years older. We, we've all seen it. Trump is like racing across the country, flying coast to coast, pumping up rallies, speaking extemporaneously for three hour rallies and, you know, five different states in one day. Uh, Biden can't really speak anymore. Uh, he kind of does this world stumble, shuffle around what he needs to get from place to place. And... Uh, I think what broke bones, you know, with look looking at how frail Joe Biden looks, the wind could break a you know could fracture one of these tiny bones in your foot. Foot. So I doubt it was anything scandalous. Um, you didn't hear it from me that Kamala was pushing him down the White House stairs because I would not want to s- start any kind of a rumor. But um, there's going to be a lot of stories like this, folks. Um, it's sad and it's depressing. And why the Biden family allowed this guy to run for president when he's obviously in pretty significant mental decline. And again, I don't I don't say this is a personal attack. Uh, my dad had similar issues. He passed away two years ago now. And, uh, you know, Alzheimer's and dementia, And everybody about my age whose parents have had the same thing, when Biden came up, they're like, wow, I saw my parents doing this in the early stages, you know, it's just kind of this gut instinct. But once again, the press wouldn't talk about it and just wouldn't be open about it. So boy, it is going to be a love fest for four years, if it continues four years. Uh, So yeah, Biden, the press, they are just like married together right now. What will be very interesting to watch is as this develops over the next few months, the next few years, Biden would be as president in an utterly hopeless spot. I mean, completely hopeless. It looks like if Georgia goes the way most people predict it will, all they need to do is win one Senate seat. Hopefully they win both, the GOP. So you have a bare, just a sliver thin majority in the House of Representatives with the Democrats controlling it. You have a bare, slight majority of Republicans controlling the Senate, which means Cocaine Mitch is fully in charge, and Mitch McConnell will be the most powerful person in Washington because if he wants something, it will get done. If he doesn't, it won't get done, and McConnell and Biden have a long relationship, and, you know, look, Biden was always in the Senate just kind of – he never stood on principle. He was a glad hander. He wanted what he wanted. And, you know, he would just go in the back rooms and say, "Okay, here's what you want. Here's what I want. Let's meet in the middle somewhere so everybody gets a win. So as far as packing the courts, that can't happen if the Georgia senators um, remain Republican. Please, people in Georgia, I'm sure you're all tuning in online for 960 The Patriot on our website. But uh, please vote these guys in because there won't be any packing the court. There won't be adding states. There won't be doing all this crazy stuff that they – have been saying they wanted to do this whole defund the police nonsense. Um, the AOC squad agenda basically is not going to happen, and he's going to be a caretaker. He he has shown that with all the people that he has chosen so far for his administration, whether they get, um, the, whether they get through the Senate or not, it is just the same old warmed over people who've been in government almost as long as Joe Biden. And that's a long time. He's wheeling out John Kerry, who's what, like 312 now, I think. Um, (laughs) The guy who said what Trump did in the Middle East with these Abraham Accords. Oh, it's completely impossible. That will never happen. He said that two years ago. Um, Trump made it happen, of course. The entire Middle East is radically different than it was when Obama was in charge. And it's all these kind of foreign policy hacks and swamp insiders they're not going to make any changes. They're not going to be able to. They will try to turn back the clock for years, but I don't think anyone, not Republicans certainly, but not Democrats and not independents, which is the growing, the fastest growing group of aligned voters or just people who are saying, I'm independent. People don't want to go back. They want to go forward. And Biden is in a position where he ran on not being Trump. So, okay. Good branding there. You're not Trump. That would be his mandate is, look, I'm not Trump. I guess I won't tweet as much. That's it. No policies. He said, I'm going to end fracking. Oh, no, I was kidding. I'm not going to end fracking. He said, I'm going to do the Green New Deal. Oh, wait, I'm not going to do the Green New Deal. So the guy has absolutely no mandate. Um, Why so many people voted for him, especially here in the great state of Arizona, is a little bit beyond me. But hey – you get, the, you get the cards you're dealt. We'll see if these court challenges, how they go forward. And I think we're ready for our first break. I'll be back on the other side, uh, just talking about the other issues going on in the news. And remember, you can call in 602-508-0960. We've got a guest coming on at the bottom of the hour. Chat with the on the other side of ads. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel, guest hosting for Seth. Um, hopefully, he's out avoiding any kind of COVID lockdowns and actually living his life like a human being. Remember when we all could do that, um, especially to our friends in California who might be listening online? Um, all are sorry uh, that your governor is such a goofball. Um, a lot of people are fighting back, though, and it's good to see. And there's a reason they're fighting back. Uh, part of it is you have all these politicians. All Democrats, it seems, instituting lockdowns, mandating masks, lecturing people in their state not to visit with their families during Thanksgiving, not to visit their parents who might be in a nursing home, um, and instead they're just having a grand old time. You had Gavin Newsom a couple of weeks ago going to the French French Laundry with healthcare lobbyists of all people after he told people not to gather in restaurants indoors. This was indoors. He was gathered with a group of about twenty people. And he was having a grand old time. Uh, the week after that – or the night after that, London Breed, who is San Francisco's mayor, who actually has been trying to reopen schools to her credit. It's kind of shocking there in San Francisco. But the next night, she went to the French Laundry. And that's a long haul, uh, San Francisco, to Napa. Th- that's a drive. I've made that drive before. And to give you an idea, French Laundry is the fanciest of fancy restaurants um, you know, if, if you've ever looked in the magazines like Gourmet or Bon Appetit and things, that's like the destination restaurant in the United States to go to their sous chefs and junior staffers end up heading fancy restaurants in New York and Chicago and Miami and all around the world. So, um, yeah, they're living large. We had an L.A. County supervisor who went out to dinner and two hours later said all restaurants need to close. Austin mayor told everybody to stay home if you're in Austin, Texas, while he was uh, basically on a vacation at his timeshare in Cabo San Lucas. So these governors, these mayors, these politicians aren't following the guidelines. And there's a very good reason they aren't following the guidelines. They don't believe them. Um, We can nail them on hypocrisy, which is certainly merited. But if they believed it was dangerous to go out to dinner with a few people, if they believed it was dangerous to go to Thanksgiving dinner with their family members they would not they would be observing these rules they would completely observe them but they aren't and this is this is a lot more than hypocrisy they don't believe what they're recommending all they're doing is trying to cover their derrière let's say since we're talking French laundry language here that's all they want to do people are yelling at them hey we need to do something which is always the worst thing you could tell a politician do something because it's going to be the wrong thing, whatever it is. But just again and again, they're trying to cover themselves. So if cases go up, they could say, look, I tried something. I did something. Even if it doesn't work, if it's not scientifically based, that's why you have these crazy things like I know Tucson's mayor was thinking of everything needs to close down at 8 p.m. There's a curfew. And I think she kicked it up to 10 p.m. This is not science um, from the science loving crowd. They don't know anything about science. All this is that they want to look like they are doing something while they completely ignore these rules because they are not effective. They don't help. Uh, Credit to our governor, Governor Doug Ducey, who's come under a lot of criticism from the local media about basically everything he does. But he has not done a lockdown. And I think we should be fully open rather than (laughs) restricting restaurants. People can make their own decisions. And if I'm living in a crowded area, say I'm living on Roosevelt Road, Roosevelt Road in downtown Phoenix, I'm going to behave differently than if I have a ranch outside of Alpine, Arizona. If I live in Mojave County, I'm going to have different behaviors because you have completely different population densities. Everybody has their own pre existing conditions. Um, I have friends who are very vulnerable to any kind of disease. I have friends who are basically invulnerable to everything. Um, My daughters are teenagers. One just started college at ASU. The other is in high school. They are almost at zero risk. And if they get it, they have something like a 99.8% chance of doing fine without hospitalization, without anything. So we can all make our own decisions on these things. And politicians would much rather order us to do A, B, or C. Uh, To the credit of... uh, like LA County Sheriff said, we're not enforcing this. So Californians are getting sick of it. You're having a real uprising. And these are not hashtag MAGA people. A lot of these are Democrats. And they're looking around at their industry, they're looking around at their businesses, and saying, this is absolutely insane. We were told stay home for two weeks to slow, you know, to bend the curve. That <laughs> was in March. We were done with that at the very beginning of April. And uh, now Biden is coming out and saying, when I'm inaugurated president, the first thing I'm going to do is tell people you need to wear your masks for 100 days. Utterly arbitrary, utterly capricious. There is no scientific reason to do this. Why would he say 100 days? It's not based on local context. It's not based on, well, in this uh, county in Kansas, we're having a spike, so everybody should wear your mask. He's saying No. If you live in Guam, you need to wear a mask. If you live in some rural area of Maine, you need to wear a mask, and that's insane. Uh, The press is cheering this on, demanding people do it, and we are all seeing all sorts of people. We have a guest later on to talk about it. We have all sorts of people going out of business. Uh, My wife had kind of a weird Zoom business lunch she was going to do today. She's been working from home for months now. And uh, everyone just wanted to get together on Zoom and kind of have a pretend lunch. So she checked out one of her favorite restaurants in the East Valley. Turns out they shut down two weeks ago. They couldn't do it. Then she checked her second choice, another ethnic restaurant, small business, hardworking entrepreneurs. They shut down. So again and again we're seeing these businesses this is real life. You know, you have like increased suicide rates when people lose their business. Take out all these business loans, work their heart out. They're working, you know, day after day from dawn to dusk and then well beyond dusk getting almost no sleep trying to keep their businesses afloat. And instead, the government is ordering them to destroy their business. And it's just insane and people are tired of it. This has never been done with any kind of virus or pandemic in the past. This is far more survivable, far less deadly than many, many issues, health issues we've had in the past. And that doesn't mean I'm anti-science. What it means is I'm pro-life in the truest sense that we have to live our lives. We have to go about our lives. We have to, you know, make life worth with living pretty much. And instead, you get people who are furiously angry, as I saw someone say on social media earlier today, they are furious if you are not afraid of COVID as they are. And they think the purpose of life is to avoid contracting a virus. That is not the purpose of life. Uh, When I drive home from the studio today, I could be in a car accident. Um, I'm taking that risk anyway. Uh, Am I trying to kill people on the freeway? No, this is a normal risk that human beings take because all of life is a risk. And I think the politicians have lost the plot completely on this. The people in the media trying to force them into doing these mandatory mandates and lockdowns have also lost the plot. So very frustrating to see vaccines coming out. Hopefully we're at the end of this and we got to push back on some of these crazy politicians. Hey, we're going to the bottom of the hour break. You're going to get a little news update A couple very important advertisements. And then we will be back with a special guest. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is your favorite guest host ever, John Gabriel. And very happy to welcome on SFK. This is the legendary... Stephen Cruiser, hailing from the old Pueblo. How are you, friend, from Tucson, Arizona? I'm here. Oh, you're here. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you announced to everybody on Twitter we're going to be discussing fashion tips and various cheeses. So, hey, let's dig into this. Nothing else is going on in the news. How are you doing with the COVID lockdowns in Tucson? Your uh, mayor seems a little uh, quick to jump the gun here.
0: Well, I... <laughs> You know, I work at home all day every day, and I really haven't been going that anywhere that much lately. As soon as she said we had a curfew, now I want to leave the house. That's exactly. the way this works. That so, if she had just shut it, every you know, like I chose to not go to my mini super spreader um, Thanksgiving event that I was going to go to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that seems to have been a wise choice and everything. And I was just blind, but then all of a sudden, and she didn't even get the curfew; she wanted an eight p.m. curfew. The city Crazy. council wouldn't give her that. Um, and so, yeah, it's like I, I never even thought about going anywhere until she started talking about not going anywhere. <laughs>
1: That's how it works. Um, there's a certain kind of person, which is uh, very, very prominent in Arizona, which is you see a sign on a wall that says wet paint. You immediately touch the wall. It's just like, yes. oh, wait, I can't do that. I'm going to do that. It's just our independent spirit out here. So politicians stop uh, issuing these goofy injunctions because all it does is uh, spur the uh, rebellion in all of our breasts that we have
0: Yeah and I don't and I don't understand I mean the curfews make less sense than the knock- those lockdowns do I mean it's like I mean in, if you lived in a world where you know at 2 a.m a bunch of drunken strangers were making out in parking lots <laughs> then I, I guess it makes sense but we don't live in that world. Um, especially since I'm not going out anymore, uh, so <clears throat> so yeah, I don't I don't get what the curfew is supposed to do here. It just makes no sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, this entire thing has been just aggressively anti-science and more about politicians trying to CYA and uh, I don't know, look like they're doing some actually fixing the situation we find ourselves in.
0: Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> but here, and the thing is, as you well know, that's so frustrating is that the Democrats are out barking science all the time, like it's the <laughs> Thomas Dolby video. And um, and, and, and they don't and, – and, and they are the most anti-science. There's no science here whatsoever. I, I, I mean, they're, they're saying, okay, well, this, 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 and this, we're going to do this. And, you know, every time you lock down, there's going to be a spike afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's to, it's to be expected. Um, it's a highly contagious virus, and this is what's going to happen every time. So each time they lock down, they're just delaying everything. Like I was talking to someone yesterday who had it, and he said, why don't you just go out and get it and be done with it? <laughs> that was his attitude. <laughs> I said, oh, well, you know, it's a thought.
1: Yeah, and especially with, I think the latest stat I heard was, of all people getting it, it's a 99.6% survival rate. It's like, come on, people. This is not the bubonic plague. You don't get... Uh, you know a little bit of it on your pinky finger and you end up uh dead the next day it's just like yeah if you're at risk take take precautions mitigate it but man we got lives to live here
0: yeah oh but and for those of you not in Arizona we actually still have the bubonic plague here too <laughs> uh, that's why when you get, that's why when you go rabbit hunting here you have to check the livers um. Because we get the bubonic plague. We're very
1: retro. We're really into vintage diseases out here. So we live up on the high desert. uh, Some bad little uh, viruses and stuff get around. So you write for PJ Media. Uh, You've written for Town Hall. You're a stand up comedian. What have you been, what has been uh, basically sticking in your craw for the past few days in the political scene?
0: In the political scene, I've been. Um, and I'm about to post a podcast where my our good friend Kurt Schlicker was my guest. I've been talking about the fact that you can be both pro-Trump fighting this thing to the very end and exposing all the corruption that there is and also realizing that the Democrats are so good at this that they probably won this one anyway, with their what, whether it was cheating or not. Yeah. Um, so you can you can be in both places. You can say, okay, let's fight to win the runoff elections in Georgia. You know, cause this this whole nonsense about that's what's really been sticking in my craw. The fact that people in Georgia are saying that Republicans should boycott this election, and I really don't think that's as big a thing as the media is making it out to be. I think this is a leftist.
1: I I agree completely. Let's talk more about that on the other side. Got a few ads and we'll keep talking to Steven Cruiser. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show. This is John Gabriel filling in. And I have on from the old pueblo, Stephen Cruiser. Now, Stephen, just before the break, you were saying there's there's nothing wrong with believing. Yeah, Biden probably won. He'll probably be uh, inaugurated January 20. But we want Trump to fight <laughs> like it's going out of style to expose any kind of fraud that there might have been.
0: Yeah, we got to play the long game here. It can't it can't just all be about this moment here because. We, I mean, objectively, if you look at the entire election, the Republicans came out of this, you know, head held high, other than than whatever's going on with the presidential election, which I think is, you know, anomalous and we'll never see again if Trump keeps fighting and exposes the corruption. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, you look at how, how the House happened, and, you know, if, if we don't drop the ball in Georgia, I mean, it, I think that at the very least, even with all that's going on in Georgia, Purdue wins the runoff easily. If the Republicans don't do something stupid like boycott the election in Georgia, right? Um, um, and I, you know, and I think Leffler's got a pretty good chance. I mean, you look at the Leffler race, and, and the guy she's running against is an absolute lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just sitting there going, like, how is this thing even close? I mean, yeah. so. Um, so I, you know, and we've got to, I I think we need both of those seats um, to be what I call outside the margin of Romney in the Senate, (laughs) Um, because there's, it's obvious, it's more and more obvious every day that Romney will not be able, you can't, you won't be able to trust him. The Republican Party will not be able to trust him on anything important, Um, because with him, it's you know, it's all about the attention and he's going full John McCain now where he'd rather have the New York Times say something nice about him than do something good for his party. Um, so I, I think if we have both of those seats, we don't have to worry about him and Murkowski or Collins as much. Um, so I really hope that, the, that this thing in Georgia, you know, you were saying you kind of agreed with me that I really think this is a leftist. Um, fever dream where they're saying that all the republicans are going to boycott it in georgia because none of the republicans i know in georgia are talking about boycotting this election they're right. all voting they're all voting in it um so i think it's i think it's a media-made thing um i and i if it, if it isn't i think we need to like exhort everyone in georgia to make sure they, every republican in georgia to make sure they get out and vote
1: and the thing is too if you know Something remarkable happened, and Trump returned to office on January twenty. Wouldn't you want him to have a GOP Senate? Wouldn't you want Mitch McConnell just approving every frickin' judge that we've ever yeah. dreamed of having on the various courts at all levels?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, if you if something that the Republican Party started to get good at under Trump, but we're not good at yet, is we have never played the long game as well as the Democrats have. They're very good at that they 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 they're looking 15 years out all the time. And Republicans are kind of like reactive in the moment. And that's what's going on here right now, but you got to think long term. I mean, we're set up nicely for 2022. Right. <laughs> at the moment. I mean, that's going to I mean, he, even here in Arizona, I mean, we got a sh- shot at Mark Kelly because that was a special election thing. Um, you know, we can, there's a chance that I'm, cause I'm pretty sure he's going to overreach, you know, he's only been in a day, but give him another day. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And and he'll overreach. Um, And then we just need to find someone who isn't Martha McSally to run for that seat. Oh
1: boy. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. You did the best breakdown after 2018 of why she's just, she she was a really good Senator. She's just horrible candidate, horrible candidate. Um, and they're people, and you see that a lot with high ranking military people who go into politics. Mm-hmm. And I'm not counting Mark Kelly among, of, among them because he was mostly an astronaut, not a high, yeah, I know he's a high ranking military guy, but the, you know, NASA's a little, you learn to navigate the politics a little better when you're with NASA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Because it's a, so it's a different kind of bureaucracy over there. But you know, you see these colonels, they come into politics and they're just used to everybody doing whatever they tell them to do yeah and it's not like that anymore so i mean i think you know i don't know who we're looking at here i'm I'm sure Deucey wants to make a run for the seat um and i think that's why we're not shut down yet yeah yeah
1: i agree completely Um, because
0: because he doesn't want to annoy any more republicans um than he already has this year um i've heard rumors that andy biggs is going to run for the seat which which would not be a bad idea i don't think Um, right Uh, Yeah, we've just got to get
1: someone who's just a clear conservative and not beholden to really the whole McCain machine, too. We need a clean break from those years where it was just kind of this influence mafia that was running things in the GOP for a while.
0: Um, My best friend here is hip deep in politics. He doesn't he's not an activist, but he's always been following it. And so I was trying, you know, using him to get back in up the speed of what's going on with the GOP here in Arizona. And he said, we desperately need to get rid of the mccain taint on this part. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's a, that's a chamber of commerce thing. So there's dollars there. You know, you gotta, you, you, you know, we need to wrest that away from Cindy McCain's clutches. Uh,
1: right. Right.
0: <laughs> um, you know, you know, she's working in the background. God, I hope Trump gives her, I mean, I hope if Biden is not inaugurated, he gives her a job and as an ambassador or something, and he gets her the hell out of Arizona. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yay, go. yeah, You go girl. Get, Enjoy get France Biden or job. wherever. Right. But yeah, so I, you know, and that's what I, I, what I worry about right now is that we'll get so caught up in the moment, but not, not just here in Arizona and you're going to be a guest on my podcast next week talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know Arizona isn't blue yet. Arizona, you know the whole McSally Kelly thing is you know there's, that's a, that's that's an out, that's an outlier too. Arizona is barely purple at the moment, and we're going to get some favorable redistricting coming up here soon. Um, so it, it, you know there's a chance to make sure that we don't go blue, even though you know all these idiots from California and Illinois keep moving here. I love you guys, but you know <laughs> don't bring your politics here. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we can't drop the ball here. There's a chance the Republican Party is in good shape right now nationally and even here in Arizona. You know, there's a lot we can do. But if we get caught up in feelings and reasons and stuff, you know, we're going to we're going to blow it.
1: Yeah, completely. We will blow it. And, yeah, just uh, keep the faith. And the thing about Arizona, I always tell the people who are not. In the state who think we're just this hard red state and always have been, we've traditionally been a purple state. That's usually been Arizona's things. We've had one Democrat senator, one Republican senator, and what really blew it for the Democrats is when Governor Brewer – pushed on immigration and instead of saying hey this isn't who we are let's do a more moderate approach instead they said arizona and arizona voters are all racist scumbags and no one would vote for them for 10 years so yeah that happened well we're coming to a break now so where can people find your wit and wisdom sir
0: pjmedia.com i do the morning briefing every weekday morning never a break no holidays off Subscribe to the newsletter. It's
1: fun. He grinds it out day after day, and he does it for you, Arizona and America. Thanks so much for being on, Stephen. Appreciate it.
0: Good talking to you. Talk to you Monday.
1: Talk to you Monday. And that is it. We're going for a brief break, and I'll be back after that. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. This is John Gabriel filling in uh, right for the Arizona Republic. I edit ricochet.com and host my own podcast. So uh, thanks for joining us today as we get ready to head into the weekend. Thanks also to Steven Kreuser. Uh Be sure that you read his stuff. One other thing, since I keep going back to these COVID lockdowns, et cetera, um, it's, it's kind of interesting that, Basically, COVID relief was held up by Nancy Pelosi, and the press has tried to suppress this forever. And now what now? What she's saying is, hey, we should do COVID relief now. Her reason? Biden was elected. That is her reason. Uh, she of the famous opening up a hair salon that she shut down to get her hair did, uh, she who Uh, you know, goes into one of her two huge sub-zero freezers to show her $13 a pint ice cream uh, to share with a talk radio show audience or a talk show audience on TV, Um, she's been abhorrent. She's been absolutely awful in this. And there should be outrage from every side on this. This is insane. This is not, you know, I don't care if somebody didn't vote for Trump. You had a hack politician who has been in office since I think John Adams left the House, the Houses of Congress, and uh, she's just ruining people's lives, right and left. I am not a favor of big expenditures of government funds, to say the least. But she said this was necessary, and she refused to get it done because she didn't want Donald Trump getting credit for working uh, working something out that would help everyone. It's the same reason that she opposed Tim Scott, South Carolina senator, uh, when you had the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, very strong uh, concern about overreaching by the police. He had a fantastic police reform bill that was smart. It's something that conservatives have been pushing for a long time. Libertarians have been pushing it well. It would help police hire better people. It would help them be more accountable for the few bad apples who get out of control and uh, she stopped that as well. She called it racist, even though she's an elderly white woman uh, calling a an African-American senator from South Carolina a racist for trying to improve people's lives. Once again, it's all politics with her all the time. And uh, people wonder why the parties are in trouble. Why are these various organizations, the establishment, why are they in trouble? Because you stink. You keep hurting people. You keep hurting things. And that's how you got Trump. That's how you got Trump in 2016. And you're, you know, if you thought Trump was a little rough on the swamp, you have no idea what's coming if you keep this garbage up. So Washington needs to be sent a message. Um, They shut down these businesses and they better help these people out uh, because the American people have had enough We're going to the top of the hour break. Once again, this is John Gabriel filling in for Seth Liebson here on 960 The Patriot, your favorite radio station. And I'll talk to
0: you after the break with yet another guest.